once again, I'm requesting the Eagles organization, Jeffrey Lurie, head coach Nick Sirianni, and our GM, Howie Roseman, please get Frank Reich back in Philly and get rid of Brian Johnson. Welcome back, everybody, to the Coconut Curry Podcast, a podcast where betting my parlay should be officially declared a felony. If you're new around here, we are three college students. Uh, two of us are on right now uh, who go to the University of Pittsburgh, and we just chat about sports and hopefully offer a fresh new perspective on things. We also talk about our personal lives sometimes. Uh, we're going into our senior year, so hopefully we'll have some fun last, uh, last semester stories for you coming up here. Um, please like, comment, and subscribe. It really helps us out a lot um, if you're new around here. And whatnot. I also hope everyone had a Merry Christmas. Um, I did, and I'm excited going into the new year. I don't know if uh, Raj, you did anything for Christmas or New Year or New Year's doing anything? Uh, for Christmas, I had like a family thing. We were at my um, cousin's cousin's place, like just distant relative, whatever. Um, yeah, my uncles like to heavy pour black label into my cup, so that was fun. I didn't that happen during Thanksgiving too? Yeah. Okay, it's just a holiday, Come just a holiday thing. Yeah, we we did a white elephant. Um, I've got pickleball paddles. Okay, pickleball paddles is solid. Do you play pickleball? Mm, loosely. You're gonna have to start playing pickleball. Yeah. Well, there's like all these pickleball gyms like popping up across the country. I've the pickleball love is insane, but I've watched some of the, like, the competitive matches and people just like stand still and just hit the ball. Yeah, I mean, it looks a little probably- boring. I feel pretty confident in my pickleball skills. I've, I've played before. like my tennis. Oh, you're him. I played tennis before. It's not that difficult. As soon as you learn how to just hit the ball right, it's super easy. That's fair. Uh, I don't get the rules, but it is fun. It's better than playing tennis because I, like, I feel like there's a bigger skill gap to tennis. Like A lot. If you can't return serves in tennis, you're toast, which is if you don't have any skill. Like if people, If you actually play against someone who knows how to play tennis, then you're cooked. Yep. Um, but like we said, we're missing one person today. That's Peter. And we're going to hop right into it with a start of our new segment called disgruntled moment of the week. Um, on this segment, we're going to be saying a new story, whether that's in our personal lives or whether that's in the sports world, which is what we talk about a lot. So Raj, would you like to announce the disgruntled moment of the week as that is fitting for you? Yeah. So I had this really nice parlay for the Eagles game. It was Jalen Hurts anytime touchdown, Jake Elliott to make two field goals, and a Boston Scott anytime touchdown. And Boston Scott is known as the Giant Killer. It was ten dollars to make hundred sixty-seven. And you know what leg didn't hit because Brian Johnson does not know how to call plays right. The Boston Scott anytime Boston touchdown. Scott touchdown. And Boston Scott has scored in every single game against the Giants that he has played in. Thank you, Brian Johnson, for ruining his streak. I hate you. Well, I think it's crazy as Boston Scott got a total of one two carries like it wasn't as if he i'm gonna have to look i'm gonna look up the game now um had two wasn't carries total I yeah it's not like that's i feel like it's a little bit ridiculous for a guy who's consistently played well against them i know he's got a limited role on the team but oh, he had one carry for three yards official oh, yeah um great. i'm just, it's just shocking to see him get so little run and he has 11 career touchdowns in nine games versus the giants which is just bananas but um that is a disgruntled moment of the week my disgruntled moment of the week goes out to sean payton who we heard today is now benching russell wilson for the season because i think and we've talked numerous hours talking about sean payton on this podcast but i've gone up and down with him i gave him a lot of credit i gave him a lot of hate during the whole nathaniel hackett thing i gave him a lot of love when the broncos ended up being seven and seven at one point um, despite a one in five start, I gave him a lot of hate when they lost by 50 to the dolphins, but I am giving him hate one last time this season, because I think not playing Russell Wilson in the last couple of games is, is a horrible look. I understand the financial component of it, that Russell Wilson getting injured would be $37 million guaranteed that you'd have to give him for injury fee. And your goal is to cut him. I get it. But Sean Payton took the job with the Denver Broncos, knowing that Russell Wilson was going to be his quarterback for the year, no matter what. And to just bench him during the last two games where I'm not sure they're mathematically eliminated to make the playoffs. I'm pretty sure they're in now. That's not likely they would, they're going to make it, but to just kind of give up on the season feels a little bit soft to me. I don't know what Raj, your thoughts are on the Russell Wilson benching. 
Um, I mean, it's all. It, it seems like a financial thing. Um, I'm trying to see their elimination thing. Let's see. So what they need to do is they haven't been officially. They have a four percent chance. They're basically eliminated. So, yeah. I mean, it's just like. I mean, I know the financial component, but just let the man play. What team's going to sign him? He might be just a backup soon. Who knows? But, yeah. Okay, so the Broncos win. They have a 12% chance, and they're playing the Chargers. And if they uh, lose, they have a less than 1% chance, and they have currently a 7% chance is what the NFL thing says. Some things would have to go their way, but I just personally, I just personally do not see the value in being like, like Russell Wilson has really not gotten hurt that much in his career. Let the man go out there, and if he gets hurt, figure it out. Then I just think it's a bad luck for the for the team, especially a team that again, everyone started saying, "Oh, playoff contender" when they got to seven and seven, and now it's like, "Oh, here we go again." With that, um, that's not to say Russell Wilson hasn't been bad this year. Uh, Russell Wilson's been a bad quarterback for two years now, uh, a little bit before that as well, and. I don't know what team is going to sign him going forward. Obviously, he's going to be cut off the Broncos, and then he's going to end up going to a different team. But I don't know what team's in the market for a quarterback like him. I know, obviously, he'll be on a cheaper deal um, at that point. But like, what do you do? You like look at some of these bottom feeder teams who have been eliminated. Patriots, Panthers, Chargers, Cardinals, Titans, Commanders, Jets, and Giants. I don't see any team there who's like, Russell Wilson's going to fix our quarterback room. Like, are the Titans going to substitute Russell Wilson for Will Levis? They're not going to do that. Um, Cardinals don't have a quarterback, but are they? I don't think they like Kyler Murray any less than they like Russell Wilson. So I just think Russell Wilson's going to be in a very strange spot going forward. I don't know what team is going to go for him. Do you have any teams in mind for us? Yeah, retirement. <laughs> I think honestly, it's time, dude, he's been in the league forever. I think probably he should just go into a back. Well, okay. A spot for him could be the Falcons because they won't have a high enough draft pick and they can improve their quarterback room. But again, I don't know if they'll do that, but it is a chance there. And then otherwise, I think he should try to find his way into a contender team backup role and not hope someone gets injured, but hope someone gets injured, you know, like, Oh, Hey, 49ers you need a backup quarterback they already have for Sam Brock Arnold. oh they do I okay think... Lions do you need a backup quarterback for Jared Goff dare I say he case... goes back to the Seahawks no there's no chance <laughs> be crazy. that would be I mean that, that was just a zero percent chance that happens um but Anyway, that goes, that's the disgruntled moments of the week. Raj is betting. And well, actually, we can also say I'm disgruntled for my betting record. Um, this last week on the pod, I'm going to admit it. I'm a, I'm a man. I'm going to admit my mistakes. Um, last week on the podcast, I gave you a great, at the time, uh, parlay of the Texans money line, the Cowboys money line, and teased the 49ers to seven and a half points on Christmas night football. And I'm happy and I'm not happy to report that I went 0-3. I wasn't close. The Texans got steamrolled. I was going to fade your entire lay and it all hit. You would have you would have cashed. I wish the I Texans the Titans uh, not Texans. The Tex, Texans got steamrolled. Now I thought Stroud was going to play that game, but they still got steamrolled. The Cowboys didn't get steamrolled, but they they just straight up lost the game and then the teasing in seven and a half, I was just on the wrong side of the tee. It wasn't like they, the 49ers won by five and I can say oh, a couple of points. The 49ers straight up lost by 14 points and I had bet them. I was 21 points off the line. So it's a brutal beat. Like I said, if in the beginning podcast, if you bet any of my parlays going forward, you should Dog, be charged for felony. You should go to be, you're just wrong. Yeah, you know, there's just no brutal <laughs> beat. It's not like you can, there's no positives look from the situation, just <laughs> flat out wrong. Um, but, but you're not here to hear about, Raj and I's poor betting history. You're here to hear about our picks on NFL games. So it was a weird slate of games this week. Um, we had Saturday. We had the Thursday game, of course. We had three Saturday games, a bunch of Sunday games, and then three Monday games. So I felt like there's a lot of football spread across those days. And even that Thursday night football game, which mattered a lot, um, feels like so long ago, recording on a Wednesday today. Um, but huge placements. Now we've kind of got a really good picture at where our playoffs are going to be just for going through here. Um, 49ers, if you look at clinched, uh, there's two teams in the AFC who have clinched, the Ravens, Dolphins. There's four teams in, in the NFC who have clinched in the 49ers, Eagles, Lions, and Cowboys. 
And then if you kind of look forward, the Buccaneers holding that NFC South spot, 86% chance to make the playoffs. Rams wild card 66, Seahawks 68%. Going over to AFC, Chiefs 95% chance to make the playoffs, Jags 67, Browns 99, Bills 88, Colts 52. We're kind of holding some some space for that Colts, Texans, Bengals mishmash there. But really, we've kind of got our teams locked in. But a lot of that happened as a result of this week. So let's hop right into it with our big games. And on Christmas night, we had a lot of talk between the 49ers being the team to be. Uh, people kind of didn't believe in the Raider, Ravens. And the Ravens walked into uh, Levi Stadium against 49ers, primetime Christmas night, and just ha- straight up beat them 33-19. to as Purdy throws four interceptions in that game. Raj, give us your take on the Ravens beat down of the 49ers. I wish I had a lighter so I can do the little lighter flick because we're smoking on that Niners pack. Just the, I, I, We've been saying this for so long. Everyone's like, oh yeah, Brock Purdy should be MVP. No. he's. If you look at how he throws the ball, you see that all he does is throw checkdowns. And crazy what happens when Debo doesn't take it for 80 yards to the crib or something. Like, or you have CMC just go off. Like, Purdy was, should not have been, like, that favorited of an MVP first off. And I was so happy to see his odds go from minus 200 to plus 660 in the matter of 38 minutes well, and 12 seconds. And what you're describing is exactly what an MVP doesn't look like. Because the Raven, the 49ers still have the best chance to get the number one seed in the, in the NFC. And they're only one game back of the Ravens and his odds dropped so much, not because of his performance that day. It's because no one actually believed he should be the MVP. It's because this one game completely changes how we look at him. He's not like he just had a bad game and we're looking past it because I don't really think anybody actually thought he should have been the MVP. We were just all kind of like, well, who else do we give it to? And now you watch the guy have a horrible game and, and four interceptions, a couple of those were, Bad decisions, fluky outcomes. Um, he threw the ball once that got batted down, but it got batted up in the air and some guy came down with it. Like, that's a little bit unfortunate. Like, you shouldn't have thrown it into the guy's hands. Um, like, that's on you as a quarterback, but also got caught um, there um, in, in situations like that. But you, four interceptions is horrible. It's the reason you lose the game. The, Raven, the 49ers had a total of five turnovers, I believe, that game. The Ravens had zero. That's your difference in 14 points. Um, Purdy threw an interception in the red zone. That's seven points if you turn that into there. We're talking about that being 33 to 26 football game and it being tight. So mm-hmm. um, this definitely moves Lamar into the MVP front runner spot. Um, he's we've talked about it. Nothing exciting happening from Lamar Jackson this season, but he's put himself in a position where he's playing good quarterback and you play good quarterback and you have the best record in the league and win the MVP award. So I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on Lamar picking up that award? I mean, we all have the same take. It shouldn't go to a QB this season. It should go to CMC or Tyreek, but yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Lamar, I would call this a very Mickey Mouse MVP award this season for him. It's not like he did anything amazing, but I mean, best record on the best team currently. Got to give it to him. Yeah, I mean, I think this was the game, right? Like, mm-hmm. okay, we don't really believe in the Ravens. He comes in, has a great game against the 49ers, and now they have the best overall record in, in the league. I still think he has some work to go. They play Miami. This week, um, that's a big game. If they lose that game, and then I, I still think Josh Allen is very alive for this award, and mm-hmm. and I I do have a financial stake in Josh Allen winning this award, but also I do think if the Ravens lose to Miami, well, okay. The problem is with Josh Allen winning the MVP award, they're going to need the Ravens to win that game. But I do think if the Ravens kind of drop a game, Lamar doesn't really play well the last couple games, and you watch Josh Allen have a good couple games to get into that division lead spot. Cause the bills are very live to finish as the second seed to um, in the, in the entire conference. There's a very real world in which the Dol- they, the dolphins lose to the Ravens and they lose to the bills in the final week of the season, the bills went out and they're looking at the second best record in the league, like in, in the AFC, which is a crazy statement to say. Um, but if they get there, I think it'll be on the backs of Josh Allen and he, he should be live for the award, but Lamar deserves it. Um, three losses this year. They've had a, they've had a decently, I think they've had a hard schedule. Um, and he just, in a year where it's not been a good pool of people going for the award, sometimes just not making mistakes is that. And Brock Purdy literally threw his MVP away, award away. Yeah, yeah you literally like, did. 
no if and or buts around it. I think even if he had zero interceptions, just played mediocre quarterback, he kind of still stays in on as the favorite. But just through four of those things, uh, cost him the game. Oh, um, Sam Sam Torque, and it, I think it was a tough look. Sam Darnold comes in just so Bur- Purdy doesn't get hurt, and Sam Darnold moved the ball well. Yeah, on on that Ravens defense. So I don't know if the Ravens could have kind of given up, but also seeing Sam Darnold go in there and do as well or better than Purdy, I was like, eh, it's not a good look. Uh oh. Uh oh. Um, big shout out to Kyle Hamilton. Uh, he called a shot before the game, saying like, I don't understand why the 49ers are being talked like they're them and we're not. And he called he called a shot. He didn't miss. He had two interceptions in that game. So shout out to the Ravens. I did not believe in them. I said I would believe in them if they won this game. I do officially believe in the Ravens. They should be the odds favorite to win the AFC. I think they will win the AFC um, with that performance, but overall great. But a team that's going to have to compete with the Ravens for next week is the Dolphins, who have a really important matchup. They beat the Cowboys on Christmas Eve, 22-20. to 20. Um, A weird game, not something you would expect to see from the Cowboys and Dolphins, being a 22-20 game. Wasn't really a lot of flashy plays going down, but the Cowboys, they don't beat the allegations. They're they three and f- three and four on the no, three and five on the road this season. That's where all their losses have come. Just another poor showing. Like we talked about last episode, how the the Dolphins had this. They need to beat teams above five hundred. The Cowboys need to beat teams on the road. Cow- the Dolphins did what they needed to do. The Cowboys didn't. And for the Cowboys, they're locked into that five seed essentially at this point. They're gonna have to hope that the Eagles lose two games they're gonna have to hope they lose the cardinals game and the giants game which i can promise you is just not gonna happen so mm-hmm. the cowboys are locked into the five seed which means they're gonna have to play on the road at the first game which could be the buccaneers who look decent and they're gonna have to play on the road at like the 49ers which yeah. is just they're not winning they're not winning that game and then even if they do that they're gonna have to play either at philly or at um Detroit maybe they get lucky if like the Rams sneak through or something like that mm-hmm. but they're not winning three r- road games to get to the Super Bowl like you just you can't, simply can't be three or five on the road and get there yeah no they're not I mean also with their matchup on Monday I think the Lions are gonna win that game I I think there's a, a real possibility for that um Lions I think people curse all the underdogs have won eight weeks in a row so they have, and I think a team like the Lions might actually be more impassioned with their recent um, performance against um, the Vikings, where like they've got this momentum of making the playoffs for the first time in a really long time, and then they just kind of walk into uh, uh, Dallas and just get the win. So the Cowboys are kind of playing for nothing. They're really locked into that that five C there. The Lions are very live to beat the 49ers. I know the 49ers are playing Washington. They're probably not going to lose that game. Eagles have some easy matchups, but the Lions catch either of those teams lacking. We're going to be looking at a situation where the Lions are the number one seed. So Lions got a big game going up against Cowboys. Um, I don't think anybody particularly played bad in the Dolphins Cowboys game. It's just a situation where they weren't able to get the job done. Dak Prescott, 20 or 32 for 253, two touchdowns. Um, they're not running the ball, though. I remember Mike Car- McCarthy kind of came in this year being the head play caller after getting rid of Kellen Moore. It's like Tony Pollard. We're going to run with him. And everyone was like, oh, pick him up in fantasy. Like, this is the like r- running back one, 12 carries for 38 yards. Like, they're unable to get the running game going. Uh, Tua, they're 20 for 37, two, 293, one touchdown. It's kind of funny that uh, Tua really isn't in the conversation for MVP at all because his team has is tied for the second best record in the league and he's been playing some good quarterback this year. Um, that's kind of how it is. Uh, CeeDee Lamb knows a dog. Um, there's. He's quickly risen into that category of like top receiver. And if, if I'm him, I got to just be extremely frustrated with how this team has been performing on the road uh, in, the, in these marquee matchups. I think. I think CD for the do- during the offseason when I kept saying he's, he'd be a wide receiver too on any other team. <laughs> I, I think he heard you too. Uh, very clear that he's a wide receiver one. But do you see the Dolphins going anywhere in terms of this season? Like they're, they're 11 and 4. I. I don't know if they're going to hold on to the two seed, but they're locked into the playoffs. Do they make any noise or do they like kind of on the outskirts? I'm not, I'm still not really sure. I, I trust them. Like sure. They beat a team over 500, but it was the fraudulent road Cowboys. Like, I don't really know what, what I take away from that game. I mean, for me, 
like I've been saying this, I don't know what's going to happen in the playoffs. I can't make any predictions. I can't even see any team can make a splash at this point, which is why I'm just going to wait and see what happens. Yeah. Um, the end of the uh, playoff prediction episode is going to go crazy um, with what we got going on. But um, big win there for the Dolphins. Um, good for them for picking that up and beating the allegations slightly. Uh, Cowboys are going to have to look, work a little bit harder to beat those allegations. But for them, it's pretty much going to be like beating the playoff allegations in the pl- being the road allegations in the playoffs, which is not going to be an easy look for them. Um, and the last big game I wanted to start with was it actually wasn't a good game to watch, but I felt like it had a lot of ripples throughout the league. The Raiders on Christmas take down the Chiefs twenty to fourteen, despite not completing a pass in in quarters two, three, or four. Uh, Patrick Mahomes throws a pick six and fumbles the ball for a fumble six or whatever they call it. Um, And then that pretty much, that's 14 points right there. The Raiders offense scores two field goals, and we got ourselves a a game right there. Just an absolute brutal loss for the Chiefs. I can't imagine a, that has got to be one of the most embarrassing moments in recent memory for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, I was watching that game, and I'm sitting there like, no way am I watching this right now. It's a Chiefs downfall. Like, they were at home, too. I, I, I don't know what was wrong with them. Like, Mahomes was making some dumb decisions. I think they are getting a little too cute with their play calling with that little, like, direct snap to Pacheco and handing off to Mahomes. Like, I don't know what's going on with them. They could barely beat the Raiders. And then their defense got steamrolled by some backup running back. That yeah. also means Josh Jacobs is out of a job. Yeah. Um, I'm less concerned about their defense because their defense let up six points this entire game. And yeah, it didn't look great at the end of the game when they they were able to go down and kind of ice the game. But also, like their defense had let up three points the entire day, six points the entire day to that point. The, the Chiefs' offense needs to figure it out. They're running that cute stuff, I think, because they are concerned that they're not able to generate offense effectively any other way. That's super concerning that you're not able to generate offense in in other ways. You're you're the Kansas City Chiefs. You have Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, like figure it out like there, there's just no there's no reason not to Patrick Mahomes deserves a lot of the blame uh, I think he's the best quarterback in the league and I'm not gonna take that away from him but he threw that horrible pick six um right after the fumble which I don't know who the fumble was on whose fault that was but just something that absolutely cannot happen and the Chiefs got a lot of uh calls to answer now a lot of people don't believe in them they're at Cincinnati well I, they're playing since I don't know if they're at home or away but um they, they have to play Cincinnati. That's going to be a huge game. The Bengals are fighting for their playoff lives. Um, they're gonna if they're on the road. I don't know if they are. I should probably look that up. Uh, we will look that up real quick. They are. Mm, they're at home. Okay, so they're going to need to prove at home that they can win that football game and keep the Bengals out of the playoffs by ensuring their spot in there, and. They, they. I mean, they haven't technically clinched the division, and um, they they lose out. They lose out. They could lose, which I don't think they're gonna lose out. But um, so we'll see. But uh, I think for the Chiefs, they have a lot of questions to answer. They're clearly not the favorites in the AFC anymore, and mm-hmm. that's uh, that's they might. You can make an argu- a reasonable argument to me that they're like the fourth best team in the AFC, fifth best team in the AFC right now. Which is crazy. That's not how I would bet my money on them for the playoffs, but you could easily make an argument the Ravens, Dolphins, Browns, and Bills are all better than them, and I don't think anyone would question you. Yeah, no. I mean, right now, like just watching the Chiefs' downfall, is there a regression in Mahomes? Is it not having receivers? Is it because Biennemi is gone? could be a lot of things. I think B- I think the enemy has a big play into that, right? Like we were, we were watching Washington and Sam Howell's putting up these big numbers. And then Jacoby Brissett comes in for a few snaps and Jacoby Brissett looks really good this week. And the piece that Kansas city is missing, like I think people forget Kansas city was missing these receivers last year. They had Juju Smith, which was the only extra receiver they had. And they replaced Juju with Rasheed Rice, who I think Rasheed Rice is probably as good as Juju. So really they have the same receivers the same tight end, the same running backs. They're missing their offensive coordinator. And I think that's really where it stems from. Now, Travis Kelsey has gotten worse at football. Um, He's getting older. He's not in his prime anymore. I think people need to kind of realize that. But I think the Chiefs also just need to get a little bit more serious on offense. The cute stuff is because they're not able to generate offense. And 
They need to figure out ways to get easy throws, easy points. Uh, their offensive line couldn't block the Raiders this week at all. They're just golf carts for Christmas. That's crazy. He probably took <laughs> yeah, it all back. Probably. I mean, I was that kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh, Chiefs uh, Bucks Super Bowl where Patrick Mahomes was just running for his life all game, and I was like, "Why is he running for it?" Like they paid all. The reason they don't have great guys at receiver is because they spent the money on Jawan Taylor in the offseason. And that and him in the offensive line has just, just not been good. Mm-hmm. So gonna be interesting the next couple of games. I still I still think Andy Reid and uh, Patrick Mahomes are gonna figure it out, but I am losing faith by the day. I think this is a big test for them coming up in Cincinnati. But Raj, we can talk about every single football game on this list, but we of course have to respond to the Eagles, our our home team. Our team we root for beating the Giants 33 to 25. Give us your post game reaction about how we're feeling about the Birds game. That was, I don't like, I felt like a loss, like, even though we won. Like, that was, we let the Giants be in that game the whole entire time. Like, the pick six, Goddard fell. Okay. The, the boss, the, um, what was it Zacchaeus? Yeah, Zacchaeus. Into Boston Scott on the kick return. That probably was the any time right there. No, it was, it was Boston Scott getting running into Zacchaeus. Yeah. But yeah, that then the fumble right there. We gave him more points there, and then Reed Blankenship getting burnt by Darius Slayton and Tyrod Taylor slinging the rock <laughs> for like a cool play <laughs> touchdown. Like we let them back into that game, and like I understand, like Darius Slay is not there. It would have been a look completely different, but like I mean, Keely Ringo looked pretty good too. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm actually more encouraged and discouraged about the Eagles' performance this week. Um, I thought the Boston Scott running into our player and fumbling the ball, I think it's just a really fluky play um, that I wouldn't expect to see. I think Boston Scott is only re- – I don't know why Britton Covey wasn't returning that, um, but kind of just a fluky play there. Um, yeah, Bradbury gets burned from time to time. It's a one-yard, 78 pass, whatever it was. No, and no, it wasn't Bradbury. It was Reed. Oh, Reed. Yeah, Reed Blankenship. Um, missed coverage, but hopefully that would be better when Slay's there. That's kind of just a weird play. And then also, like, the Dallas Goddard slip. Like, yeah, it happens, but I don't think it was a particularly great throw by Hurts either. But, mm-hmm. like, what are you going to do? The player slipped. So, and it wouldn't have def- – it would definitely not have gone for six if Dallas didn't fall and it was still intercepted. So, not super discouraged. I feel like I knew. I know everything. I still know about the Eagles. Um, their secondary still has an opportunity to get help uh, healthy. Linebacker Zach Cunningham can get healthy before the playoffs. Devontae Maddox can get healthy. Slay will be back. Uh, I thought Matt Patricia did a good job this game. If you look at actually the points the Giants scored, if it wasn't on the, if it wasn't on the pick six, and if it wasn't on the little goofy. Uh, running into the person yeah. that was 15 points right there mm-hmm. so the Giants scored 10 points and then the other seven was on a real a bomb pass burned by Reed Blankenship so I think the defense held up really well that game the offense did look a little bit better it's just something doesn't look right with Jalen Hurts playing quarterback and I don't know what it is but um the offensive line hasn't been as good Jalen doesn't look as comfortable in his reads it looks I don't know he's just not on target and like timely it just doesn't look like when you watch other quarterbacks, it looks like they're controlling the game, and Jalen Hurts doesn't look right now like he's controlling any type of football game. So I don't really know where to go from there. Yeah, I mean, only time will tell. I, I'm going to be yeah. optimistic and hope that Brian Johnson's just hiding the real playbook right now. <laughs> Hoping the whole the the whole ploy this year was to not reveal the playbook until uh, the playoffs, and then we're just going to pull out, pull out a bunch of Philly special um, type of moments in the playoffs. That would be great. Let's hope so. Or it'll just be all QB draws the whole game. Touch push every every drive. <laughs> um, yeah, every play is just a touch push. Um, they did, of course, again multiple times this game. Just can't stop it. Unstoppable play in, in third and one situations. Mm-hmm. I will say that I think this is a momentum thing. Like the Eagles really need to stop the bleeding, and so they have a game against the Cardinals. They can win that game. Another game against the Giants are going to play all those all their starters in that game because they need they could potentially get the one seed if the 49ers fumble a little bit, which the 49ers can get disgruntled because they uh they went on that three game losing streak earlier this year. Maybe that that game folds over into another loss this upcoming week, and then suddenly the Eagles will have the one seed again. Which the, 
it would be a mistake for the league to give the Eagles the one seed. I could not imagine a worse situation for the league than like, well, for other teams and the Eagles after looking like frauds all year, get a week to get healthy and rested and game plan against a team like the Cowboys at home. Just free path to the NFC championship game, but I'm not going to put that into the universe. Uh, I think the Eagles wait. I think the Eagles can build some momentum off of this game and hopefully get back into their winning ways. But please, Nick Sirianni and Brian Johnson, run the damn ball. Please. Like, oh my God. Like, it is, oh God. it is so awful when your entire stadium is chanting, run the ball, because they're just so confused why you, you won't run the football. It is like the offense is scared that the defense is just going to get burnt. Like, okay, we have to throw the ball and put up like a bajillion points. It's like, just... Take the three, four yards. You have a great offensive line. Like, we made Miles Sanders a thousand-yard rusher. What can we do with DeAndre Swift? And he looks so good. Like, every time he runs the ball, I don't know what he's averaging this year, but he's averaging a ton of yards per carry. Yep. Um, let's see. R- yards per attempt. Uh, Jameer Gibbs, Justin Fields, Lamar, McCaffrey, Warren, Cook. DeAndre Swift, 13, 4.6 yards per carry. What? Why are, we not, why are we not running that man? Why? Oh Obviously, God. you need some diversity, but if you just ran the ball every play, theoretically, you'd always get first downs. That's not actually how it works, but, but 4.6 yeah, yards is a very impressive, very impressive amount of yards per carry, and they're not running the, running the ball. This team, man, I don't understand. I, I'm just – the play calling is just so stark last year with Steichen yeah. that it just really confu- – that it really confuses me. Um, yeah, but, but hopefully they figure, hopefully we'll figure it out come playoff time and we can be dominant again. Yep. Go birds. Yep. Um, Rams on Thursday night football, get a big win over the saints 30 to 22. As I kind of mentioned earlier, that kind of, that puts them in the driver's seat for the playoffs. Uh, 80, 68% chance currently to get into the playoffs. They're going to play the giants this week, which they're going to win that game. Mm-hmm. That'll raise their chances to 87% based on NFL. Um, and then the Saints now at a measly 13%. It's a game the Saints had to have. Their hope was to win the division. Um, and the Bucks have been rising a little bit. And the Rams, I thought we all we all thought the Rams were gonna win. We made that prediction. Uh, and the Rams were up big. Saints came back late, but Rams got the job done. I think Stafford looks really good. Like yep. one of the top five Kyron. quarterbacks in the league. Kyron, Kyron. dog. Your 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 homie Kyron is dude is back. I tell I'm tell I told you on the pod bet a hundred uh, Kyron over a hundred yards and any time touchdown free money. Are you doing it against uh the Giants? Oh my God! I'm making a mega play for just Kyron. <laughs> it's gonna be over on rushing, receiving, and two touchdowns. Okay. Oh, two tutties. Okay. Okay. Oh, we gotta cook that up and let us know the odds on that. Um. This is gonna be good. It's gonna be a good day out. <laughs> um, just to get again, the game against Rams had to have. I think they're a really scary playoff team. Um, they are. I really they're do. Sneaky good. If they if they hang in that sixth seed and have a matchup with the Lions, I think Puka, Cooper, Stafford, Kyron, and a defense that's playing pretty well right now, I think they really could make some noise. I I'm not saying they're gonna like make the Super Bowl or anything, but like, I think if there's if there's a sixth seed to do it then they, they have the option to do it. So um, yep. good for the Rams. As for the Saints, again, just in purgatory. They're not going to make the playoffs, but they're not going to get a great pick, and they're still in cap hell. They're going to fire their head coach. Uh, I don't really know who's playing quarterback over there. And just I feel like Derek Carr has been injured like 100 different times this year, and I don't know where the Saints are going to go. They have a big game against Tampa Bay. If they lose that game, they're toast. Um. If they win that game, then we're talking about something completely different because then the Bucks and uh, Saints will be tied. So, yep, it's the NFC South. We really don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Chaos. Steelers beat the Bengals thirty-four to eleven as George Pickens puts on one of the most dominating performances I've seen from a wide receiver in recent times. Puts up like four catches for like a hundred and fifty yards or something. That's almost fifty yards a catch or whatever he did. I'll pull up his official statistics, but. This just felt like a game to me, and Raj, I don't know what you think. This just felt like a game to me where I was like, this is the most Steelers whenever. Like, back against the wall, 7-7, seven and seven, Mike Tomlin's losing season on the line. The Bengals have to come into Pittsburgh on, on Saturday, right before Christmas Eve, and 
they and they pull it out. Like it just it feels like that Mason Rudolph's playing quarterback. Like it is just the most predictable Steelers win you could ever have, and they're still going to miss the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, it's Mike Tomlin. He some black magic. I uh, sold his soul to someone. Probably sold his soul to some like one somebody in Pittsburgh. Who knows? Maybe to kill a cowboy. Somebody. <laughs> he sold his soul to somebody. And shout out to kill a cowboy. Yep. Yes, sir. But you know. I was like, I wasn't surprised. Like I'm watching this. I'm like, you know what? I would be sitting here like, oh my God, Mason Rudolph and George Pickens are popping off now. This it's the Steelers. They are never fishy below 500. And this is why. Now they have two games left against the Ravens and then against the, uh, oh gosh, against the Seahawks coming up. That's Seahawks and, uh, Steelers game is wildly important, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, but they're going to have to win one of those last two games. But I think the Ravens might be clear to, if they beat the Dolphins, they might just be clear to rest everyone in week 17. Steelers pick up the win. They yeah. finish nine and eight. The winning streak continues. So um, George Pickens ended up finishing for four catches, 195 yards after being criticized for not run blocking, which he totally wasn't run blocking for, uh, uh, for war in the previous week. But Jake Browning turns into a cupcake, three touch, three interceptions in this game. Um, guess what, people? Bad quarterbacks usually aren't that good for that long of a time. There's a reason they're backup quarterbacks, and, and Jake Browning showed why um, mm-hmm. this past week. Uh, the Bengals are just, again, like, there's so many of these teams in the AFC right now who have winning records who just are in this awkward spot of the playoffs. Like, the Bengals are not playing Jamar. They don't have Jamar Chase playing right now. They don't have Joe Burrow playing right now. And they're still in playoff contention, but they're not really because they need to beat a lot of like they need to win against Kansas City. If they don't, they're kind of cooked and and everything like that. So um big win by the Steelers. Yeah. Just a horrible, horrible loss by if you're the Bengals. Like the only thing you need to do is just kind of scrape scrap away a win from a Steelers team that looked a little bit disgruntled and and you lose the game and now you just get stuck in this eight and seven mosh pit with the Colts, Texans, Steelers in the AFC and now you're on the outside looking in for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we'll just see how everything plays out. Like, I don't know what the AFC playoff picture is going to look like besides, like, the first few seeds. So, Yeah, I mean, with the, the way, with the way the Chiefs have been playing, I think that Cincinnati could totally beat the Chiefs, and then yeah. they've got a shot to get in, and the Chiefs look, like, terrible and whatnot. So imagine a world in which everything went wrong for the Chiefs and they 95% chance to make the playoffs and they miss it. That'd be crazy. The homes would like start blaming the refs for the Bills loss. Like it's not our fault. Blah blah blah. He'd be sounding a lot like Kermit. Yeah. Hi. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Travis, um, get open. <laughs> um, going to this next game, I thought this was going to be a uh, d- destruction of a game for the Bills, but they ended up only beating the Chargers twenty-four to twenty-two. Um. Sometimes all you need to do in the NFL is get a win. So I think it was important that they just came out with the win in that game, a, a much needed win. Uh, Easton Stick looked like a competent quarterback for a lot of that yeah. game, which was very shocking. Who would have thought? They also did have the new coach effect because uh, Brandon Staley was fired. Mm-hmm. So they were rocking uh, an interim head coach for the time being. But Easton Stick, 215 yards. He'll take it. I think Josh Allen really, like, he needs to start putting some more like points together. I know they're running the ball a lot with James Cook, but like Josh Allen, 15 of 21, 237 a TD and an interception. Like, bro, you want that MVP award. You got to start like slinging the rock a little bit more. Tell telling Joe Brady, like, Hey, I need to really like get these statistics up, but Chargers are going nowhere. It's really in the Chargers best interest of the tank. Um, I think they had their first round pick this year. So mm-hmm. like, just keep tanking. You might need to draft another damn receiver because Quentin Johnson's so bad. Um, and they are currently on oh, the Jets one. That really, they have the second worst record in the AFC, and then they have. They're gonna have like a top Five six wins. pick. Yeah, they're gonna have like a top yeah. six pick, which is yeah. crazy. So, use the pick wisely. Chargers keep losing these football games. <laughs> um, I don't really have much more to say about that game. Yeah, I mean, nothing else to say. It's like the most Bills win ever. Like, we see their high ceiling, and then we see their low floor drop, like, right there. Yep, and that's going to define this football team. Like, they might might be in contention to win the division against the Dolphins, 
in in two weeks and we're going to see a, the four game from them and they're going to yeah. lose by 50 and they're going to miss the playoffs. Like there, there's a really real possibility that happens and it's just, mm-hmm. it's the bills, but there's also a chance they destroy Miami because they're above a 500 football team. And then we're like, Oh, the bills going to the playoffs. Like a bill sneakily. It could be a Ravens bills. Uh, could that even happen? Um, yeah, if they get the yeah. second seed or third seed, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If we get a Bills Ravens Super Bowl, I think that would be pretty fun. Um, by the Sorry, way, Bills Ravens Super Bowl. Sorry, Bills Ravens AFC Championship. Okay. Um, did you see the Super Bowl conspiracy about the yes. colors? Yes, I saw that. So the NFL had to remake the logo. Did do you think there's any truth to it? Do you think? Okay, actually, I'll explain it first. So if anyone doesn't know the Super Bowl color logo, um, every year they make Super Bowl like Super Bowl 55, Super Bowl 56 uh, logos with colors on them. In the last two years, there's been a blend of colors, like a gradient. And uh, this last year, it was green and red for the Chiefs-Eagles, but that was before the Super Bowl happened. And the year before that, it was orange and yellow for the Bengals and uh, Rams Super Bowl. And this year, it was purple and red. And we think it was for the Ravens 49ers Super Bowl. And I'm not gonna. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but if there was a conspiracy theory I believed in, it would be that one. I don't know, Raj. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the NFL has to be scripted, dude. I, I this just everything that's been going on. I'm just they got to be scripted. Like we'll imagine. we'll get into it in a minute. the The fact that Joe Flacco is playing quarter competent quarterback at at this point is reason enough to believe the NFL is scripted exactly like what is going on um but yeah that was side note um but bills because of the super bowl color issue the bills aren't going to make the super bowl um but a team that looks like they could make a run is the lions they played a really fun and exciting game against the vikings uh this week Mm -hmm. ends up 30 to 24 the lions make the playoffs for the first time in like 30 years Yep, congrats Um, to uh the detroit lions for finally doing something that the philadelphia eagles have done i think 15 times in my lifetime already. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, um, guys. Yeah, good for them. Uh, that took a lot to get to that point. Uh, a lot of mistakes by the Vikings, but they did pull it out. I was hoping the Vikings were going to be able to get this win because it would have made their Week 17 matchup a lot more interesting mm-hmm. for the playoff standings. But um, Lions have an opportunity here to keep fighting for that one seed. Um, it'll be interesting. They'll be hosting a playoff game. Um, of course, Ford Stadium will be loud. The biggest thing will be how many dome games does Jared Goff get to play? Um, it's kind of a joke, kind of not a joke. Jared Goff way better in in, in a dome than a outside arena. So if he has to go into Lincoln Financial in January, uh oh. Um, but if he gets to play at home in Ford Field for a little bit, that'll be really good. Yeah, I mean overall, solid win. A lot of mistakes there, but the lines are the lines have a high ceiling, low floor. Yeah, they they find. Good. Find ways to lose. Yeah, they always do. Um, they had that really bad stretch where they didn't look good, but um, they got big game against the Cowboys coming up. I think that'll be a telltale sign for sign for them where they stand. I don't expect them to win the game, but like, hey, can you compete? Can you compete well or whatnot? But I mean, you you think you're taking the Lions there for the Monday Night Football? Well, last day only because okay, is it? Is it only because of the Monday Night Football curse, or do you actually believe the Lions are going to win that football game? Oh, only because of the Monday Night Football curse. It's the Monday Night okay. Football curse versus the Cowboys at home, so we'll see. It's like the Wax and Gibbous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have too much evidence. Uh, Nick Mullins, four interceptions. Just, this is what not getting your quarterback situation looks like. Um, yep. You, Kirk Cousins goes down with an ACL injury, so you trade for Josh Dobbs, who you, proceeded to, who you proceeded to bench, and then you have Nick Mullins, who... He looks like he can run the offense better than Dobbs can, which I would expect he's been there all year in that being Nick Mullins. But turning the ball over four times, you can't win football games that way. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we've talked about it multiple times, but the quarterback right now play in the league has just been so bad that you're, you're costing games. This is the same situation like Brock Purdy throws four interceptions against the Ravens. They just they lose the game because you turn the ball over too much. And this is a game where, the Vikings could have had it, but we just constantly turned the ball over. Um, Justin Jefferson is him. We all knew yes. that. Uh, I don't know that we had a lot of debate in the in the boys group chat this past weekend about who's better, Justin Jefferson or Tyreek Hill. 
I'll take Justin Jefferson 10 out of 10 any day of the week. I don't know about Raj, but I take Jay Jettis. He's just a better overall. Yep. Um, and then the last thing is that finally, 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 the Lions are using Jameer Gibbs, much to the happiness of every single fantasy owner in the league right now. <laughs> it's, it took a long time, but we finally got him uh, going there. And then betting man himself, Jameson Williams, is uh, is getting the ball a little bit. So um, Lions look a little bit scary with their weapons. I'll be excited to see what they kind of do this weekend against the Cowboys, which will be a really, really fun game. Mm-hmm. On to the next game, we've got the Browns beating the Texans 36 to 22. And Joe Flacco picks up, a, I think it's his third straight win yeah. with this football team. Uh, he's thrown a lot of interceptions, which is slightly concerning, and I feel like we'll catch up to them. But for the time being, he's slinging the rock. He's got 300, ga- 300 yards in three straight games. Um, just another br- big time Browns win. They're probably going to be the five seed, which um, they'll have to play on the road. But I think. In a four seed matchup against the team from the uh, AFC South, they could easily win that. It's easily. the Browns in, yeah. And Amari yeah. Cooper, big shout out to Amari Cooper. I feel like people kind of forgot about him after he kind of left Dallas and has a huge game. That's one of the more impressive wide receiver performances I've seen in a while. Yeah, no, that game was just watching him rack up those fantasy points. I'm like, what is happening? And I'm just seeing Joe Flacco slinging the rock at like what forty something. Like that's yeah. crazy. And it's just like, I mean, the Browns, like, I think Joe, like, yeah, Massage Watson and all, but like, I think Flacco's been playing better than Massage Watson has all season. Yeah, I mean, I think the problem with Joe Flacco, I just said it with the interceptions, is he's got to stop turning the ball over. He had three interceptions one game, two interceptions this game. Like, he's got to find a way to make that one interception because eventually it's going to catch up with the team when you're playing good opponents. Like, if you're playing the Chiefs and you can't move the ball in that defense enough, you can't be giving them the ball back. Um, that being said, it's working right now. He had 368 this week. Amari Cooper, 11 receptions, 265 yards and two touchdowns. Just a dominating performance. And for the poor, poor Houston Texans, falling from the sky, CJ Stroud out for two games, and it just it just collapsed. I mean, this yeah. looked like a team that was going to potentially win the division for sure, make the playoffs, and it's not been pretty. I know we talked about them picking up that really big win um, last week against the Titans, 19-16. to but lose the Jets, lose a close one off a doink to the Jaguars, and just it's been a very slow, slow downfall. This is kind of what we expected from the Texans to start the year. Not as good of a football team. They kind of played above their heads. So unfortunately, I think we will have to miss out on seeing CJ Stroud in the playoffs, which I think would have been a great experience for him and great experience for that football team. But um, they're looking bleak here with a... Let's check it. A 38% chance to make the playoffs. They're going to need a lot of help from the Colts losing and and whatnot. But oh, we'll very see. sad. And they they're plagued by wide receiver injuries. Nico Collins and Tank Dell and yeah, it's just really it's really all fall apart falling apart this last uh, season. Mm-hmm. One of the shocks of the weekend for me was the Colts losing to the Falcons 10 to 29. That's just a game that cannot happen. Arthur like, if you're the Colts. finally learned how to use Bijan Robinson. Who would have thought I know, to run crazy. the football? What a crazy thought. Um, this was a game that I felt like was great for the Colts, right? You're playing a bat, not a great team. Um, you're playing them on the road, but you're not playing a great team. You can really, like, put yourself in at 9-6. Nine and, nine and six, um, Really secure up your playoff standing. And you get kind of embarrassed. Taylor Heineke is the quarterback. Uh, kind of just B. John Robinson show. And just it's a bad. There's no other way to get around it. Just a really bad loss for a team that was fighting and scrapping for the playoffs at that point. Now they're kind of stuck in no man's land. Like 52% chance to make the playoffs. Huge game against the Raiders coming up. Um, I don't really have much more to say about the game. But just that. Damn. That, that loss hurts them a lot. Yeah. No. That loss. Is, that was not a good loss. Like. Or that was a bad loss. Like, I was watching it, and I'm like, what is going on with the Colts? Like, how are you getting, like, how are you letting Bijan do? Like, I know Bijan's good, but how are you letting Arthur Smith, who calls the dumbest plays, do all this to you? Yeah, Arthur's, Arthur Smith's got to go. Yeah, he know, he's gone after this season. Bye. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy. They can still win the division, which is wild. I know. Well, that's just how bad the NFC South is. Yep. Speaking of the NFC South, Buccaneers pick up a big win against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are just cooked. Like yeah, I don't. Jack's cooked. They're they're cooked. They might not even make the playoffs at this rate. Uh, I don't know what their 
percentages say 67% chance they got Carol. Oh, we got Carolina coming up. That's why. Um, <laughs> but never mind. So we'll probably win that game. But uh, but yeah, they've got they're in a dogfight with the Colts and Texans right now. Just I, the Jags have just fallen off. Like they've had some bad games showings and uh, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks hanging in there. Yeah, no, uh, that team's looking good. I mean, Baker's been slinging the rock, and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are, you know, back to their one-two duo. Rashad White's looking like a true RB one right now, so it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence two interceptions. Baker Mayfield another great game. I'm um, just not making many mistakes out there, and I think that's what's really keeping them alive right now. Um, they have a good receiving core. They have Rashad White at running back. So, um, the Bucks are. I think that, again, they're a scary place for a team like Dallas to have to go play in the first round if they if they make the playoffs because the, they have been playing mistake-free, solid football, and the Cowboys can't play on the road. So imagine a world in which like you had the Bucks cowboys rematch from a few years ago when Tom Brady was there, but this time it's Baker Mayfield just eliminating Dak Prescott and no. sending the Cowboys back into purgatory. Oh God, that'd be amazing. Could, could you imagine anything better? That'd be amazing. I'd love to see it. I wonder if I could bet money on the matchup happening right this far out and betting on the Cowboys' I don't downfall. Know if that's possible. I don't think they have props for that yet. Okay, it would be January fourteenth or January thirteenth. We could be watching the Cowboys' downfall, and it would be glorious. Yes, uh, it's always glorious to watch their downfall. Well, of course, yeah. Like, like screw the Cowboys. And then we got some games that sucked. Um. Yep. That would be the Patriots beating the Broncos. The only thing relevant from that game was how hard the one field goal kicker drilled the goalpost. That was crazy. Microphone. Like a, like a bomb. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, That's the most notable thing from the game. I don't know if you have anything else you'd like to say about that game. Broncos going to Bronco. Yep. The ride, not good. Yep. Um, Bears beat the Cardinals 27 to 16. <sighs> Whatever. Cool. cool. Yep. Um, Justin Fields controversy about the pick still hanging out, but who knows? Packers beat the Panthers 33 to 30. And Raj and I were just talking about this before the podcast, but do we all remember that it was two weeks where we thought the Packers were them? They're not. Yep. They're terrible. And they also almost let Bryce young and that terrible, terrible Panthers team come back on them. They were this close to Um, losing that game. Yeah, I will say I'm very happy for Bryce Young that he's been getting this little bit of, I mean, it's not great, but this slightly better run at the end of the year. He has 312 yards, two touchdowns, 22 of 36. Um, and in the game before that, he I know he was able to put a few a few good things together. Um, I am happy that he's playing better because it was so bad. Yeah, it was bad. It, like, before. It's to watch that Panthers offense. Miles Sanders is probably going to get like executed. Yeah, he he was not great in the – well, he did enough to win that last game. So I think winning a game, playing good this week, I think it's a little bit better for Bryce Young going into next season. They have the Jags and the Bucks coming up, so I don't think they'll win any of those games. But um, they have no incentive to lose because they don't have their pick. So yeah. go so. out there, try to play spoiler. Imagine if the Panthers beat the Jags this upcoming week and then like ruin their shot. Honestly, it's with the NFL script right now, it's a possibility. Oh, 1,000, 1,000% possible. Um, and finally, the Jets barely outlived the Commanders, 30-28. to 28. Jacoby Brissett comes in the game. Um, Sam Howell kind of benched, and then the comeback almost happens, but yeah. the Jets pull it out. I just, why do the why do the Jets win this game? Like, just tank, dude. Like, you don't, you need the picks. You need the like, picks. Ed, you can trade it, it for Devontae Adams because Rodgers wants him, and Rodgers gets whatever he wants. <laughs> uh, I just don't know why the commanders tried so hard to come back. I don't understand why the Jets tried so hard to win this game. Like, please just like do the smart thing. Like, the Jets just made themselves like for folks who are who are not aware, this makes the Jets draft situation almost a hundred times worse. Yep. Um, the Jets before this were five and nine. If they were five and ten, they would be tied with some of the worst teams. In the in the league, um, we'll pull up the standings real quick. Um, just so I don't mess anything up. All right. So if you look at the standings, this would have been. Why is the list like this? Okay. Um, 
the Jets at five and ten, and the Commanders would have won, so we had the same record as the Commanders would have been tied in that like kind of messy five through nine type of range. Now the Jets are currently in the eighth spot, tied with the Bears, and easily with one more win could enter the seven and nine category with some other football teams. So they are like completely throwing away their picks. Mm-hmm. The spots here. And then for the commanders, they almost won this game. That would have been horrible because then they would have been in the five. Right now they hold the third pick in the draft, which if you're the commanders, if you haven't been watching commanders football, which I would not blame you if you haven't been watching commanders football, like they can't protect the quarterback at all. No, like Howard they have no offense. Yeah. So like, you need to have a top pick so you can draft. Like, I, I think one of Caleb Williams and Jake May will go early, but then you have Joe Alt from Notre Dame, and you have the Penn State kid playing tackle, like two really good offensive linemen. Like, if you have three, you're in a good position to draft them. But like the Commanders, almost winning this game is like a catastrophe. Like they almost completely cost themselves of an offensive lineman they desperately need on that team. So exactly, um, I don't know. It it was the tank bowl, and both teams were trying their best to win. It's just crazy with the when the commanders were up down by that much. The fact that they almost came in and like won the game was like, what are you doing? Like, yeah, exactly. Like at the first, I was like, oh, looks like the Jets are trying to tank this game right now. Oh no, what are the commanders doing? Are they realizing they should have tanked? And I'm just going back and forth. I'm like, this is a terrible game. Also, they gave Brees Hall a ton of work this game. Mm-hmm. I would not play Brees Hall anymore this season. Yeah, no, he just him. came off. He just came off a, hur- a bad injury from last year. He's a he's coming in his second year of the league. Like, I would just make sure he doesn't get injured these last couple of weeks. Have him come in healthy next season and be their lead running back. I I don't like the idea of him being out there and playing that aggressive football. Fortunately, they're playing the Browns next week, so they'll probably lose that. Uh, and for the Commanders, they're playing San Francisco, which they're going to get steamrolled. Probably, unless unless the Commanders unless Jacoby Brissett plays all game. Unless Brock Purdy has regressed and he, we're finally seeing his true form as Mr. Irrelevant. Oh my, it would be so great for the Ham Sowell fan club if oh God. Yes. Um, if Sam ha- Ham Sowell walks into San Francisco, wherever they're playing, and just beats, beats them straight up. It would be horrible for their draft status, but a classic Ham Sowell moment. Exactly. And you know what? Maybe I will enjoy watching the 49ers downfall again. So it's always... Always glorious. But that, folks, is the slate of NFL games from this week. Now, what we're going to look at is some key matchups coming up and give you our breakdown of that game and what, where we, who we think is going to win. So, Raj, we're going to do some rapid fire here. Bears-Packers. We'll go quickly on the games that don't matter. Oh, yeah, that's the week 18. My bad. Um, Jets-Browns. Who are you going with? <laughs> Browns. <laughs> Browns. Pick that up. Lions-Cowboys. Lions. Okay, I think I'm going to take the Cowboys in that game at home. I like the spot there, and I feel like the Lions could be playing a little bit, um, kind of like, oh, we're so happy we made the playoffs, and they just the Cowboys just punch them in the mouth. <laughs> um, Texans and Titans play again, even though they played one two weeks ago. Uh, if Stroud's playing, Texans. If Stroud isn't playing, Texans. I think the Titans win if Stroud doesn't play. But he's practicing this week, so I think Stroud plays, and they're going to win a game they really need to win. I think um, the Texans are going to win no matter who's under center. Davis Mills didn't look too bad in that comeback either. Yeah, but they got killed by the Browns. Well, yeah, that was because you had Case Keenum. No, they were playing. They were playing Mills. No, they weren't. The Case Keenum started that game. Oh, he started the game. Case Keenum started. The oh, game, okay. Got hurt, and they put in Davis Mills. Oh, I see. I don't know why Mills is uh stopped. Oh, well, he threw thirty-two attempts. I see. Oh, Case Keenum had two interceptions. Yeah, that's why. Tough look. Yep. Um, I, transparently, I didn't watch much of that game. Um, I just know that Joe Flacco is him. <laughs> All right, back back to the, the schedule. Um, in the in the mediocre bowl, we have the Falcons Bears. Um, <laughs> Bears don't win the football game. It's not good for you. I think the Falcons will win it. Okay, I think I'm gonna take the Bears in that game. Uh, Dolphins Ravens, and one of our. I'm actually shocked this game was stuck in the one o'clock slate. It felt felt like this would have been a good game to flex into a later time zone, but who knows? Uh, Ravens. Ravens. Uh, Ravens. I'm gonna say it. I think the Dolphin. I think the Dolphins play spoiler. Go into Baltimore and, and rock their world a little bit. Um, I'm that could age horribly, but uh, to add a little chaos to the NFL season oh here. Um, Saints Bucks. I'll take the Bucks. I'm taking the Bucks too. 
Yeah, but it's the NFC South. Like what? You're right. Oh Any- God. <laughs> it would be the most NFC South thing possible to be like, okay, guys, everyone, calm down. The Bucks have made the Bucks are gonna uh, win the NFC South, and then the Saints just come in week 17, even as a floor. Now we're going into a must-win situation in week 18. Like that's the most NFC South thing ever. Yep. But I'm taking the Bucks and Baker Mayfield. Um, Patriots, Bills. Uh, I'll take the Bills. Bills. It does feel like a sneaky Bill Belichick spot, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> to like to disrupt the Bills' season. Um, Cardinals, Eagles. If the Eagles lose this football game, I am not coming back on this podcast. It will. Yeah, it will be disbanded. I'll ride, with, I'll ride you with that. Yeah, this podcast will no longer. It'll just be a Peter only podcast. And folks who are watching this episode who don't even know who Peter is will be like. I'm really confused. Um, yep, because they're not losing that game. Um, Jags, Panthers. Uh, I'll take the Jags, but I, I don't feel great about it. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, Nothing right I, now. I'm, like I'll take the Jags too, but like it could be a sneaky Bryce Young masterclass. Who knows? I just uh, I don't. Nothing feels comfortable. The Jags are only six and a half point favorites in that game at home, which is oh. like. That's really concerning. Like to be six and a half point, like that's telling you that the game is actually three on neutral territory, which is three three point being three point favorites to the Carolina Panthers. Um, that not that's not good. Nope. Uh, by the way, the Eagles are ten and a half point favorites. Yeah, because Arizona. Yep. Uh, Colts Raiders. That game is so important, like for standings, because the Raiders the Raiders are not out of it yet. And mm, uh, I, oh, you got you got something cooking up over here. I think I'm gonna take the Raiders with this one. Here, I think the okay. might have a vintage moment. Okay, I'm taking Shane Steichen masterclass. Uh, Colts by okay. nine points. Okay. Gi- Rams, Giants, Rams win. Rams, yeah. Kyron's gonna have a hundred yards, probably fifty yards receiving. Hundred yards, two. D- okay, that's gotta put that partly out there. Forty Niners, Commanders. As much as I would like Ham Sowell to put on a master class in this game, uh, the 49ers are going to win. Niners by like five scores. <laughs> They're going to be so mad after last week. Yeah. And steamroll them. Um, I think by far the biggest game this upcoming weekend is the Steelers-Seahawks game. It has many implications for the playoff standings. Um, we got the Steelers. If they win this game, they have a 32% chance to make the playoffs, which is not a great shot, but still an outside chance. The Seahawks, if they lose, 40% chance. If they win, 87% chance. So really could like make or break the Seahawks season right here. Um, I think what's going to happen is... I'm, ta- I'm taking the Steelers. I'm ta- I think what's going to okay, happen is George Pickens is going to go out onto the field and fight DK Metcalf. Oh! Like pregame or like during game? Both. Both? Okay. And they're going to get all disgruntled and then like yeah. it'll be over. Yep. I, great take, great take as usual, Raj. Um, yes, Chiefs Bengals. I'm gonna take the Bengals. You're gonna take the Bengals. I, I was gonna say like the Bengals. I feel like I want to take them, but I'm gonna hold off and say the Chiefs get the win. But I, you, this would not shock me if this game ended up being a uh, being a Bengals win. The Chiefs mm-hmm. just do not look good playing football right now. But I think the Jake Browning three interceptions last game. I think he'll have a much harder time against that uh, that Chiefs defense. Yeah, we'll see. Chargers, Bron- Chargers, Broncos, Jared Stidham masterclass. It's gonna be the at Broncos home because last season Jared Stidham went in after Derek Carr like just left. Jared Stidham put on an absolute masterclass. So I'm taking the Broncos. Jared Stidham's gonna Bron- go three, two fifty yards, two touchdowns, and twenty rushing yards. Damn, get that on a parlay. Um, Broncos by fourteen. Um, Packers, Vikings. I. The Packers are going to make us believe that they're them again. They're yeah. going to go in and beat the Vikings. They're going to play spoiler to the Vikings and drop them to seven and nine. The Packers are going to rise to eight and eight. And we're all going to be like, guys, the Packers have a chance to make the playoffs again. They have an opportunity with Jordan Love. And then, we're all, and then they're going to lose in week 18. And then we're all going to be like, we knew we should never believe in the Packers. So Packers are going to win that game. Yep. Raj, that's all. Do you have anything else to add? Um, yeah, if the Eagles lose and we don't get the two seed, I'm going to – I don't know what I'm going to do, actually. Hmm. Maybe maybe it's time I go to Philly and uh, 
give Brian Johnson a little talk. <laughs> Jump some uh, yeah. brotherly love. We can go out in front of the stadium and like hold signs up. <laughs> Fire Brian Johnson. <laughs> Get Nick Sirianni would at least talk about us. That's true. A lot of, good, a lot of good air time. Students, the holding a fire Brian Johnson sign outside. They also said support I mean, the podcast. So, well, we can put the little logo. Exactly. It's a great, great, great plan. Well, well, folks, if you made it this far in the episode, we thank you all for listening all the way. Of course, it helps the podcast out a lot to have good audience retention rates. Um, please make sure you like, comment, subscribe. If you made it this far, we really appreciate you listening. And we will see you next time on the Coconut Curry Podcast. Gilbert.